Marco Gonzalez shoved, Julio went yard, and the Mariners have a home run trident now. The vibes were great this afternoon, until they weren't. Our thoughts following Seattle's 5-3 loss to the Brewers coming up here on the Locked On Mariners postgame show. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Wednesday, April 19th, 2023. This is Siding Gonzalez and Colby Patton for the Locked On Mariners postgame show brought to you by FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Thank you so much for making us your first listen after the Mariners game. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube. Or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you listen to us every single day, even after losses like today's, say what's up in the comments below. We want to see all of our everydayers in here even after a brutal Mariners loss. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon by scanning the QR code right above my head. The link as well as our social accounts is also in the description of this episode. Mariners have been swept by the Milwaukee Brewers, losing 5-3 to three this afternoon at T-Mobile Park in frustrating, to put it lightly, fashion. Marco Gonzalez goes six-plus innings pitched, two earned runs allowed on four hits. Both of those earned runs were allowed to cross home by Matt Brash, who gave up five in total uh, in the seventh inning to allow the Brewers back into this game and to ultimately win this game. Uh, Marco also posted nine strikeouts, a tying his career high in that category just one walk and Colby the most impressive number here from Marco just one hard hit ball allowed but as we found out today the Brewers didn't need hard hit balls to win this game in that seventh inning against both Marco and Matt Brash they had five singles with four of which registering somewhere in the range of 55 to 80 miles per hour roughly uh, and then a couple of hard hit balls to drive in some runs afterwards. But this is one of the worst ways that you can lose because it's just so frustrating and you can't do anything about it. And it's just the Babip gods shoving their proverbial middle finger right in your face. I, yeah. I hate it here. I hate it here. This is the worst. All right, yeah. Michael Scott. Yeah. Um, let's Let's calm down a little bit. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, it is frustrating because like, you can't even really point the finger at anybody, so to speak, because like, what do you want pitchers to do? They're getting soft contact. It's just, you know, landing in spots where there aren't dudes covering. And that's part of baseball. You know, it's, it's really frustrating, especially today. Like you said, because this was, you know, pretty much 2020 Marco to a T. Um, and you guys remember how dominant pandemic Marco Gonzalez was and Hey, but you know what? On the plus side, this is the second really good outing in a row and it feels like he's maybe found something. So we'll see. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was frustrating, especially when you bring out your, you know, your strikeout artist to kind of get out of a jam and he just continues to struggle with his command. Brash was not good again today. We're probably going to have to have a conversation about at what point do we either remove him from these high leverage roles or do we just send him back to the minors? Uh, because it, it was a struggle and it has been so far and you never really know what Matt Brash you're going to get. He was really good last night. Um, tonight, not so much. And so you're, you're kind of at a loss here without Munoz to pick up the slack in these high leverage situations. 
you're at least an arm short. Uh, so it's a bummer uh, when you lose like that. But the offense overall wasn't good enough uh, at either. Um, Terrible. You know, you, you just you can't score two runs off of Lauer. And Lauer wasn't very good tonight. I, I no, know the broadcast, uh, you know, Aaron and, and Dan were singing his praises, but he was not very good. He left a lot of pitches in the middle of the plate. Um, they just couldn't string together really anything, uh, any kind of hits against him. Uh, so, yeah, it's just a frustrating game overall. There actually were several highlights in this game, and had they held on to win, this would have been you know, a really fun postgame show because there's a lot to be excited about off of this performance. But, you know, uh, unfortunately, the BAPIV gods and, and Matt Brash and the Mariners offense decided to ruin the party. Uh, once again, though, they had a chance to tie the game or win the game late, bases loaded, and they failed to get the big hit that they need. Uh, it's kind of been a constant theme uh, over the last week, over the last, you know, 10 days or so. The Mariners don't have really any issue getting guys on base. They're just having issues getting that big hit to kind of break things open or, or to, you know, win late. And they just haven't gotten it right now. So it's a bit of a struggle. Um, we'll see. I don't think this is karmic retribution for the number one run games. The Mariners have won the last two years. That's to be frank, idiotic. Um, but you know, it, it is what it is. It's tough. It's tough sledding right now, but they're eight and 11. It's April 19th. Like mm. I like, let's all take a step back here and let's not proclaim the off season was a disaster before we even know if it was, let's not proclaim that this team's dead in the water before we know if it was. And in fact, I went up and I looked some things up and I don't know if you want this now, Ty or later, but the Mariners right now, pretty good company. So I don't think it's time to panic. It is frustrating. Like there's no doubt. And I think two things can be true. That is an incredibly frustrating way to lose. And the Mariners are not playing good baseball right now. While also acknowledging that it's April 19th. Sure. <laughs> we're, we're 19 games into this. Yeah. Let's do the positive spin later. Cause there are some <laughs> other positive things Ty you, you mentioned. You, you, you mentioned, no, there's, there's quite a few positive things. Uh, some really cool things that happened in this game. Jose Caballero getting his first mm-hmm. major league hit. That was really cool. Um, but we'll save that for later. We'll try to end this show on a, on a positive note. But for now, for now, Colby. <laughs> Sounds like uh, only one of us has the capabilities of ending this thing on a positive note because Ty is down bad. You said earlier that this is one Ty of those. Gonzalez. Yeah, you, you, you said earlier that this is one of those games where there really isn't anyone to point the finger at. Uh, no, I'll, I'll happily point the finger at this offense. This was pitiful. Only getting two runs off of one swing of the bat against Eric Lauer. Unacceptable, considering yeah. the stuff that he was throwing today. Uh, and then that eighth inning, really, you get the you get the leadoff walk. Uh, and then Lauer's really struggling to find the strike zone. And, uh, and Caballero swings at the second pitch he sees. JP swings at the first pitch he sees. And then Julio has a terrible at-bat against the reliever that comes in. And swings you know, at, a, at a pitch way outside of the zone, top of the zone. That's unacceptable. And then you mentioned it, right? Mariners get the first three guys on in the bottom of the ninth. And the Brewers got them right where they wanted them, right? That's that's kind of the scouting report right now for the Mariners is bases loaded, no outs. Yeah, you're actually in a pretty I mean, good boy, spot if you're the opposing team. Is there team. anybody on the planet you'd rather face right now with the bases juiced than Tommy Lastella? Yeah, don't, let me let me get to that. Don't quite understand that decision by Scott. Yeah, uh, just left, just a lefty thing, even. And like, by the way, if you're gonna go, if you want the lefty righty thing, wouldn't you rather go to Hummel? Because at least there's speed there. So if he hits the ball on the ground, he has a chance to beat it out. 
that's a weird, weird decision by Scott, but yeah, the, uh, the offense, man, it, it's been atrocious all series. So Raleigh pinch hits strikes out horrible at bat, horrible at bat, horrible, horrible, horrible. Kelnick comes out competitive RBI single. Nice. Good job, yep. Jared. Mm-hmm. Great. But then we get to the to the Murphy Caballero Crawford stack, and you know who who do you want up to bat with the game on the line? Tommy Listella, apparently, who is the least valuable Mariner in a long time because he's a full time designated hitter who can't hit. <laughs> he can't hit for power, and he just flat out just can't hit. Oh boy. What is his point on this roster? And he pops the ball up. Sure enough, out number two. And then, you know, Jose Caballero, guy playing in his third major league game, only getting his, what, seventh career at bat, eighth career at bat. And what do you expect him to do in that situation? Not not a ton. I don't really fault Caballero in that moment. But Raleigh and La Stella, those two at bats drove me insane, just drove me off the wall today. Uh, and, La Stella, yeah. and La Stella's presence on this roster, I don't get it. I don't. He is one of the least valuable major leaguers I've seen come through Seattle in quite some time. Ty just over here lumping Cal Raleigh with Tommy Listella, the two worst hitters on the Mariners, apparently. Right, so right, right. We can yeah. tell Ty's in a really good spot right now, guys. It, it, it's interesting is, is that I know the people are watching this or they're anger watching it, right? Sure, And yeah. Ty is like more on like their side of things, your side of things right now. And yet somehow I'm the one like, I'm annoyed, don't get me wrong, but it probably isn't coming across right now. Okay, but you don't think I, that I too about Tommy Listella? I can't match Ty's annoyance. You have right eyeball. Now, which, you have eyeballs, No, no I, he should not like, be on this roster. No, absolutely yeah, not. Thank you. But thank you. Like, <laughs> and he especially shouldn't be hitting in that situation. Because you know what's nice about Tom Murphy in that situation, even though Murphy's been terrible this year? He might run into one. <laughs> like there's a he might run into Murphy... one. And he also has decent ish plate discipline where maybe yeah, he could work a yeah. walk there, you know? Maybe, but like at the very least, right? Like, do I want to take the chance that Tommy Lastella gets a single or that Tom Murphy hits a home run? I trust Tom Murphy yeah, 110% more than right, I do yeah. Tommy yeah. Lastella. I, I yeah, just that's that's what it is. But... And 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 that's why a move needs to be made now. I, I don't want to wait. I don't want to wait for Taylor Trammell. I don't want to wait for Dylan Moore. I don't no. care about burning a call up with Mike Ford. Literally, Mike Ford, Colin Moran, Jake Shiner, any of these guys, some of which that I mentioned are not even doing well in AAA. I trust more than Tommy Lastella to get me a hit in that situation. I do. Yep. Tommy Lastella is not a baseball player anymore. Not a professional one, at least. He's not good. He's not good. He can't play the field. And like I said, he's a full-time designated hitter who not only can't can't hit for power, but he just flat out can't hit. What is his role? What is the point of his? Uh, what is the point of his existence on this roster? Fifty-five grade rant. <sighs> Thank. I needed to get that out. I needed to get that out. I could I tell. I could tell. I, I tried. I tried to take a step back. You know, we didn't record this right after the end of the game. I tried to Pretty take close. a step back and and chill for like a few minutes, but no, I've been stewing on this the whole time. I, I just, yeah. I don't get it. I don't get it. He should not be on the roster tomorrow. They have an off day tomorrow. Great day to make some roster moves. I implore them to do that. Yeah, let's go ahead and uh, <laughs> let's get to segment two, so Ty can catch his breath a little bit. Okay, I, I, I want to talk about. Marco some more. I want to talk about what you saw out of Marco, what led to his success today and what's leading to his success overall over the last couple starts. Uh, but first, a reminder for our listeners here that today's episode is brought to you by 
eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And you're, oh, that's so silly. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners post game show. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. And no, I, I didn't par- put the Let's Ride part in that that ad read. It's it's in there. They they want us to say that. So, you know, I'm gonna add a little stank on it. Why not? All right. Uh, before we get into Marco's day, some more Colby. It's that time of the show where we remind our lovely listeners here about what we got going on with Feeding America. Would you be kind enough to tell them what's up? Is Tommy LaStella no longer feeding your soul? Now imagine if that hunger was real because Feeding America knows all too well about the hunger issue facing America. 34 million Americans face food insecurities every single day. 9 million of them are children all of whom probably have a better chance of getting a hit right now than Tommy LaStella. So Ty and I have partnered with Feeding America. We are raising money, which also amounts to meals for the hungry. Feeding America is a great organization that can turn every dollar raised into 10 delicious, nutritious meals for those suffering from food insecurity. Uh, we set out with a goal of $500 about, about three weeks ago. Um, and as of this recording, we are now over $6,000, which is 60,000 meals raised just from your donations. If you want to help us out even more, you can donate by scanning the QR code right there, uh, or you can click the link, which will be in the description of the audio version of this podcast, as well as down below if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, and it'll take you to our donation page. You can donate as much or as little as you want. You can un- do it anonymously or you can put your name to it. Uh, just know that we appreciate every single donation we get. Uh, Ty and I are also donating 10 cents for every new subscriber we get this month. Uh, we're nearly at 7,000, which would be about 550-ish subscribers so far, which would be 550 meals raised just from pushing the the subscribe button down below. So it's been an incredible opportunity, guys. If you want to continue to help out, again, donate, subscribe, tell your family, tell your friends to subscribe to the channel or to donate themselves. Go to your bosses, go to your place of employment, see if they will match your donation. A lot of places will do that. Um, and if we get to 10K, you know, on, on the off chance, we, we have about 11 more days to get to $4,000 more. But if we do, Ty over there is going to get a tattoo. Um, which obviously we will record and, and share with you guys on the YouTube channel. Um, and it will be a lot of fun. So we have a lot of work to do to get there, but, uh, you guys have blown our expectations out of the water before. So I'm not putting it past you. Um, again, just scan the QR code, click the link, tell your family, your friends, your bosses, subscribe to the channel. Uh, it all helps and it can all go towards giving somebody a meal who desperately, desperately needs it. So thank you guys for your participation in that. Um, we're coming down the home stretch here and it'll be interesting to see what the final number is. But again, thank you guys for getting it as far as it has. It's, it's been a really fun ride. 
Thank you guys so much. Uh, be sure to scan that QR code that was just up on the screen. You can uh, rewind, check that out, or go into the description of this episode, whether you're watching or listening to it, and that will take you to our donation page so you can check it all out. Uh, once again, just appreciate all the uh, support and the participation in our, uh, in our fundraiser and uh, hoping to uh, do more stuff like this in the near future as well. All right, so... Now that I've, uh, well, here, the thing about Tommy LaSella is, Colby, no, uh, now that I've gotten my, my frustration out, let, let's talk about the positives from this game, because there were a lot. This game was pretty sick until the seventh inning. <laughs> like, I, I was having a lot of time, a lot of fun watching this, this game overall. Uh, Marco, again, just absolutely shoved. Uh, he looked like 2020 Marco. This was a dominant performance out of Marco until, you know, the Brewers were able to string together a couple hits and run him out of the ball game. What did you see today that led him to the success, specifically the swing and miss? Because nine strikeouts, I thought I was looking at Robbie Ray's stat line for a second. Like, Marco doesn't strike dudes out. <laughs> like, this is very rare territory for him. It ties a career high in strikeouts for him. How was he getting those swings and misses? How was he getting these guys to strike out today? Yeah, it's a pretty interesting uh, pitch mix uh, when you really look at it. Uh, I, here's the first thing about, about Marco today. His command was excellent. He was right on the corners or just off the corners all game, essentially, and, and that's what Marco has to do to succeed like this. You know Marco cannot leave the ball in the middle of the plate uh, at all or he's going to get hit. And today he was right on the corners the entire time. Uh, you know, and he took advantage of a little bit of an expansive strike zone below the knees. Uh, but he also used that to then get the Brewers to chase above the hands, um, kind of working the changeup and the fastball off of each other. And that really was the story today. Uh, Marco was essentially a three pitch mix today. Um, 31, four seamers, 30 changeups, 27 curveballs, and just two cutters. Marco, the last couple starts really hasn't used the cutter that much. And that's good because it's a trash pitch. It doesn't help him at all. He should have shelved it a few years ago, but now he's getting back to kind of fastball change up. Uh, th those are the two pitches he's using right now. And he's mixing in the curveball enough that it's, it's, it's really kind of keeping hitters off balance and on their, on their front foot a little bit. When you look at what Marco did today, 13 whiffs, which is a high number for Marco, but also 18 called strikes, 34% called strike, called strike plus whiff. You only gave up one hard hit ball. 19 foul balls today. So Marco, even when he gave up contact, it was not hard contact whatsoever. He had the Brewers out on their front foot the entire time. Today, the real pit, the real uh, hero of the pitch today was the changeup, though. It was simply sensational. 18 swings on it, got six whiffs, also got four called strikes on it. Um, it was really good. It, the fastball set it up nicely. Mark, you see what can happen when Marco has the, the command of his fastball, even when it's 88, 89, 90 miles an hour, he can set up both of the other pitches, both the other offerings and the changeup was just really good today. So it was just kind of a classic, you know, veteran lefty taking advantage of a, a pretty aggressive lineup that they stacked with a lot of righties. Uh, and Marco countered with a fantastic changeup and pinpoint control today. So yeah. it really was, you know, the closest to 2020 Mark, Marco we've seen in a long time. This is kind of two outings in a row, one against Cleveland, one against Milwaukee, both really solid teams where Marco's gone out and we've seen him have better command of his stuff. Um, today it led to more strikeouts. It's not really going to be the norm for Marco, but no. right now Marco's at a little over eight Ks per nine. If you get that for Marco Gonzalez for the rest of the year, 
he's not the guy you're kicking out of the, the rotation. Like that is a legitimate three or four win pitcher uh, with his command yeah. and his control. Uh, ground balls have gone down a little bit. Marco is being ultra careful to pitch around the corners. He's not giving in to hitters in three one counts. He's not afraid to walk guys either right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can trust him. He trusts himself to get back into counts by you know hitting the corner. And if he doesn't, oh well. I'm not going to throw a fastball down the middle. I'm not going to throw my worst pitch, which is my cutter, to try and get back in this count. I'm going to pitch, and I'm going to pitch on the corners no matter what. And he's accomplished that his last two times out, eleven and two thirds. Um, 11 and two thirds, I think 11 strikeouts uh, and just uh, three earned runs. Uh, that's going to play for Marco. And that that's better than a number five, like he's been the last few years. Right. Marco Gonzalez right now, or well, his last two starts, let's not think it's going to, you know, repeat itself, but over his last two starts, Marco's been a legitimate number four starter and maybe even a little bit better. And that's mm-hmm. much needed right now with uh, Chris Flexen's struggles. The command was more or less excellent today. And that's that's the big key, right? Because like you said, he in order for Marco to have success, he has to cherry pick the corners. And he's doing that more or less at will right now over the last two starts. So yep. again, if he keeps this up, you're looking at a really nice season out of Marco. You're looking at something that's a lot closer to 2020 Marco Gonzalez than we've seen uh, really uh, in any other year that he's pitched. Not just the last couple of years, but even before before 2020, because that was when he was at his best. He was a legitimate number three in a really good rotation mm-hmm. in 2020. Like, so if you get that, I mean, that's one of the biggest surprises of the season. One of the best surprising things that could happen to you this season. Um, that's a huge boost for you right now, especially with your rotation not doing incredibly hot at the moment. So with Gilbert kind of being up and down and, you know, Ray's out right now, you know, Luis Castillo is really the only guy right now that you're trusting because George Kirby is also off to kind of a slow start. Uh, so you can get a good Marco right now, at least in the interim to get you into the summer. Like that's, that's massive. That's a massive, massive boon for your, uh, for your team moving forward. So yeah. again, some positives today to be sure. Uh, like I said, this, this game was, Pretty fun until you know that seventh inning happened. Just say it, Ty, until your boy Matt Brash walked into the game. Yeah, no, and that's again, like you said earlier on in the show, we're gonna have to have a conversation about him. And it pains me because I think, you know, with the stuff that he has, just the raw stuff that Matt Brash has, he has the potential to be one of the best relievers in all baseball. But if he's throwing out 25, 30 command then that's he's just like every other reliever in baseball who throws hard. Mm-hmm. Like he's just one of those guys, right? He's Gerson Bautista, <laughs> you know, uh, with a, with a good slider, with a really good slider, with one of with, the best, sliders, know, one in of the best sliders in baseball. Yeah. yeah so. But like the problem, but the problem is if you can't locate, then he's, then you're going to get a lot of instances like this. If you can't locate, then all teams are going to do is they're going to sit, on the uh they're gonna sit on the fastball yeah and anything down in the zone they're gonna spit on because they're going to assume it's gonna break out of the zone so they're just gonna wait for you to make a mistake with your fastball um you and know and dude fall- just throw the slider more please just throw <laughs> the slider more i am begging you i mean if, it all comes back to command and control he just doesn't have it right now it's legitimate you know 30 command 
maybe 35 control 40 on the 2080 scale it's well below par and and you know at, at some point the mariners have to have that conversation about do we need to send them down to AAA to get this figured out uh i don't know over there yet but I, I think you probably need to remove them from some of these high leverage situations yeah, especially in that particular one because you didn't need the strikeout a ground ball would have worked just as well uh, you could have turned two on that and, and gotten out of that inning um but you know again scott's going to give guys some chances here until until they decide that they can't do this anymore. Um, and it's early enough in the year that it, it's, you understand why Scott would give him that opportunity, but now we've seen it a few times. You can't really trust Matt Brash right now. And, and it's a bummer because right now your bullpen, there's kind of like three guys you trust and yep. they're not, two of them aren't your best guys. And that's a problem. So let's see, did get good news on Andres Munoz today, but we'll talk about that in a later show. And, and, you know, it's just another bad outing from Matt Brash and he was, you know, he was pretty good his last couple outings. So another hiccup today. And well, and also some I, bad luck bit him today sure, yeah. too, right? Like, you know, he did leave yeah. some pitches out over the plate, but those are balls that again, registered, you know, 60 to 80 miles per hour off of the bat. Yeah. Those more often than not are going to be outs. Sure. So, you know, there was a very, I mean, he was one strike away from getting out of that inning with just one run allowed. Yep. And you know, that's just that's just how so the, it goes. That's just how the cookie crumbles. He also had, a, you know, he he did speaking of the fastball to speak positively about the fastball for a second. He had a really nice fastball against uh, Yelich to to get Yelich mm-hmm. out. Um, with some nice arm side run that that just got Yelich to chase out of the zone. That was that was a really impressive uh, fastball to throw, especially in that situation, right? But so th- it wasn't all bad for Brash. But again, he's not coming up in these big moments. That's it. The, the results at the end of the day, you can trust the process all you want, but the results, more often than not right now, Matt Brash has given up runs in some pretty key situations, and that's a problem. And right now, I trust Justin Topa or Gabe Spire or Paul Seawald a lot more in those situations to get out of them scoreless or with at least just one run allowed than I do Matt Brash right now. Mm. And again, because he was supposed to be one of your three best guys entering the season, that's a problem. It's a major problem. So that's something we'll probably talk about maybe on Friday. We're taking Thursday off, um, so tomorrow off, but we'll be back on Friday. So maybe that's a conversation we'll have uh, that day. Anyway, let's, uh, again, I told you guys, we are going to leave you on a positive note. All right. So we're going to, we're going to, yes, yes, yes. I'm, I'm, yes, I'm leaning, I'm going into the read. Just allow me to do my thing, sir. We are going <laughs> We are going to end this thing on a positive note. I promise. All right. Right after this message from Ultimate Baseball GM. Jeez. Ever dreamed of becoming an MLB GM and managing your professional baseball franchise? Well, your dream can come true. And this game is definitely for you. Manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through the season, and lead your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches and staff, managing team finances, scouting and drafting players, managing difficult personalities, navigating your franchise through free agency, and all the ups and downs of a season all this in a challenging and realistic game world ultimate baseball gm is completely free and playable offline play on the go as you want and when you want i'm too heartbroken to say the jerry thing so i'm not going to say it download ultimate baseball gm now 
And Locked On Mariners listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probaseballgm.com, scan the code, or look it up on the app stores. That's probaseballgm.com. Ultimate Baseball GM, start your dynasty today. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners post game show, a very sad, at least on this side of the uh, screen post-game show following the Mariners five to three loss against the Brewers. Um, all right. So enough being sad. Let's talk about some cool things. Jose Caballero got his first career major league hit and it was a double and that led to a two run home run from Julio Rodriguez, which we'll also talk about in a second uh, for a very special reason. Cool little thing that the Mariners surprised us all with earlier today uh but yeah caballero we haven't talked about him since he has had his you know first couple of major league uh plate appearances he's looked pretty impressive like last night was pretty impressive against the brewers as far as you know an 0 for 4 night can be uh he had three hard hit balls he worked a walk in a really key situation against devin williams who's one of the nastiest pitchers not just a reliever but one of the nastiest pitchers in all of mm-hmm. baseball and he pimped it and he pimped it, <laughs> bat flipped it. That was awesome. He's got is some Jose, energy. Yeah. Is Jose Caballero becoming the new Luis Valbuena? <laughs> like, I mean, he might be better than Sam Haggerty. I wanted uh, to see him bat flip that uh, that double that he hit down the line today. Yeah, well, nice. I think it was just more about making sure he didn't miss first <laughs> and second base. Uh, yeah, no, it'll be interesting to see what they do with Caballero. Uh, another lefty on the mound on Friday. Yep. I would venture to say there's a really good shot. He starts the second base again uh, in that game against Mats. Uh, and yeah, he's giving you some real quality at-bats. Uh, just one for one for eight, I think, right now uh, with a walk and a double. Yeah. Uh, but again, the hard hit balls are there. He's giving you competitive at-bats. He's certainly more likely to get a hit right now than Cooper Hummel or Tommy Lastella. Uh, and we'll see what they decide to do on Saturday, assuming Sam is actually able to play on Saturday. We don't know. Uh, it's a seven-day IL. That's the earliest he could come back, but it's a concussion, so we really we're not yeah. sure how that which way that's going to go. That could be multiple weeks. That could be you know he's ready to go. Uh, but I think if it is this Saturday, I I have a hard time imagining how you send down Caballero uh, instead of optioning down Hummel or DFAing Listella, just based on what we're seeing. Because uh, Caballero also, by the way, stolen base last night. Like he can run, he can run, yeah. uh, works counts high on base percentage guy. I think he was a 450 on base last year in the minors. Like it's a guy who can do some things for awesome. you, he can help you out. I, I wouldn't expect him to be in, he's not an everyday type. And, and I really don't think that he's ideally on your roster when everybody's healthy. But for now, when you're not healthy, you need a guy who can move around a little bit in the infield. You need a guy who can run, you need a guy who can make some contact. Caballero, and he's, uh, he's been pretty solid so far. So it's good to see. Yeah, maybe he can be what Sam Haggerty was to you last summer, right? Maybe Mm -hmm. he's that guy. And maybe he's someone that does eventually etch a role out for himself long-term on the roster. Mm -hmm. Um, He's looked good. I've been impressed with him overall. You know, as far as like a guy that's only had, that only has like one hit and eight plate appearances. Again, the quality of those plate appearances though has been really nice. Like you, you should be pretty happy with what you're seeing out of Jose Caballero so far. Um, for someone that's a, been a career minor leaguer, a little bit on the older side, and uh, you know, Chills. he's 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 looked like he actually you know might be able to belong. But uh, so let let's talk about what happened right after the Caballero double. 
Julio hit his second home run of the series. He's starting to get it together a little bit. Had a you know rough at bat there in the his last That's time kind up. Of part like of I the mentioned, yeah, of Julio. Uh, but he had a hard hit single uh, to start the game, and then uh, a, a rope of a home run uh, to left center field uh, to make this ball game two nothing for the Mariners for a while. And then most notably, he gets to the dugout and breaks this bad boy out. Look at that! It looks photoshopped. Right. Also, I didn't. I didn't upload the version that's supposed to cover the whole screen. My <laughs> fault. Apparently. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the home run trident. We'll see if it uh, if it sticks. But I don't know. Like that type of stuff really plays when you're winning and you're playing well. When you're losing, it's yeah. kind of like slapping the cowboy hat on Shohei Otani, and like you could see his like anger at it. Uh, so we'll see. It doesn't. There it is. What. There's there's the one there that's actually the full screen one. There sure. we go. <laughs> see, it looks like that is like a really poorly done CGI trident, but it's not right. It's, yeah, it looks it looks fake. Yeah, it it's looks legit. Fake. I even found it. So if you guys want to buy your own, it's about seven feet tall. If you guys want to buy it, like, hit me up. I'll I'll, I'll share the link with you. But uh, yeah, it, it's the it's the same one that you sent me. Yeah, yeah, it's the same one. So it's just an Amazon yeah, trident. Yeah, yeah, pricey. Uh, okay, that that makes that makes it feel a, a little. What, do you, cheap. Do you but, think it was handmade? Hand forged? Yeah, I thought they got someone. Yeah, no, I thought they got I'm someone pr- to make I mean, them a trident. Look at the pic. Maybe I'm wrong, but look at the picture. It looks the same. It even has kind of the same like CGI. That's like, sad. That's sad. But it still it still it still goes pretty hard. Well, okay, I, I, I can't lie. It does. It does the still Mariners go pretty do hard. Will satisfy Ty ever. Wow, John Stanton is so cheap. He couldn't even buy them a real trident said someone in the comments probably uh <laughs> okay but seriously uh this was uh this is really cool i you know i like home run props i like the home run jacket that the blue jays have i like this whole like uh uh beer bong thing that uh, water bong thing that the the orioles are doing uh after home runs right now like that's that's cool that's fun uh there's just i don't know there there's something that's neat and charming a, about having something like that to me so i i like this I, i'm i'm all about sure. this this is right up my alley right. so, <laughs> so and I, I i love the pose by julio afterwards. oh he sold it that was, yep. it's, it's he a slammed great it down like, I mean, yeah no he, yeah he, he he looks he, he looks like that that thing belongs yeah, to him like, julio knows how to work the trident like that is that is accurate yeah. my the only annoying thing is, is that anytime great quote by colby yeah, pat now <laughs> the only thing that is annoying about it is i and i've already seen it like people will be like when the mariners stomp, be like did somebody put the stupid trident upside down like that's a real thing grow up you're 38 you don't believe in witchcraft anyways um i i do you need me to send us out on a higher note, Ty? Because I know you're struggling right now. Uh, okay, yeah, sure, do that We're for 19 me. games into the season, right? Yeah, the Mariners are eight and eleven. Okay, yeah. Last year, thanks for reminding me. Yeah, well, last year the Philadelphia Phillies started the year nine and ten. The 2021 World Series Braves, nine and ten. Last year's Astros, mm. ten and nine. The 2019 mm. Nationals, who also won the World Series, nine and ten. You're telling me the Mariners? None of these teams of started the year eight Shut and eleven, up. though. You're telling me that the Mariners' season is over because they're one game below where three of the last four World Series champions were. Get out of here. Grow up. Touch some grass. Go breathe some it's fresh over. air. Don't let Ty be his typical gloom and doom <laughs> self. 
Enjoy the off day tomorrow. Didn't you literally do this last week? Didn't you do the same exact bit where you were like, it's over? It's over. Yeah, but I was joking. You're being serious. So take your off day tomorrow. Go for a hike. Go for a run. Get off the internet. Stop reading certain websites who are only there to try and belittle the Mariners' efforts because, oh, they got so lucky the last few years. Bite me. Go touch some grass. Live a life. It'll be fine. Trust me. What's the worst that happens? The Mariners don't make the playoffs this year? Oh no! God forbid! God forbid! I mean that would that would that would suck. Oh, it would suck. Yeah, like great. That. Is it worth really throwing a hissy fit online about? Really, grow up, people. I might, I might throw a hissy well, fit. The thing about Ty about throwing it. a hissy fit online is he's doing it in real life. I I'm gonna contract out your wife to take video of you throwing these fits. Uh, so yeah, grow up. The Mariners are fine. They're not good right now. They're also not out of the World Series because they're eight and eleven on April nineteenth. Get a grip, people. Get a grip. Yeah, DFA Tommy Lasella though. That we can do all that, agree on. Please. Yeah, do do that though. Thank you. And you know what? Let's let's just move on from Cooper Hummel as well. Let's let's get someone else up here. Hummel though, I I feel way less passionately about than uh, Lasella though. I, I I never want to see Tommy Lasella in a Seattle Mariners uniform ever again. That's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on Locked On Mariners. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidy Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. It's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok as well over at Locked On Mariners. That's one word, Locked On Mariners. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. Thank you again for making us your first listen. And like the Mariners, Colby and I are taking a day off tomorrow. Be sure to join us again on Friday as we get you set for Seattle's weekend series against the Cardinals. But for now, have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you on Friday. Peace.